I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 382 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, guys, I have got an awesome dad to bring you today. Beav Brody is the founder of Tactical Baby Gear. Tactical Baby Gear has really revolutionized and reimagined a line of diaper bags and accessories that look like they were ripped right out of a SWAT team van. He has tapped into a huge market here that caters to dads who are looking for cool gear to carry around when they're out with their kids. I absolutely love Beeb's philosophy on parenting, and he is supporting dads who are out there actively dedicating themselves to their child's upbringing. Before Beeb came on the scene, the majority of diaper bags were designed as if the mom would be the only one that was ever carrying them. So I highly encourage you to get over to their website, tacticalbabygear.com, and check out their line of baby carriers, changing mats, cruisers, and of course, diaper bags. The link is down there in the show notes. Beef Brody will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Beef Brody was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you would like to watch today's conversation between myself and the founder of Tactical Baby Gear, get over to my YouTube page, First Class Fatherhood. Hit me with a subscribe. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and this will be my final episode until September, so I wish all of you dads out there the best for the rest of the summer. It's a great time for you to catch up on some of those episodes of First Class Fatherhood you may have missed. I've really had some great guests on recently, so go through the archives, check them all out. I would recommend checking out my interviews with Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, legendary weatherman Al Roker, even my interview with the Iceman Wim Hof was a lot of fun. So whatever floats your boat, you're going to find something that you like through the archives there. I've had NFL greats, actors, entrepreneurs, Navy SEALs, even Medal of Honor recipients, everything in between. Go check it out. And I cannot say thank you enough for all your support. It really means the world to me. Keep it locked into my Instagram account at Alec underscore Lace for all of the upcoming guests that will be featured on the show here come the fall. And as always, please help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with the founder and CEO of Tactical Baby Gear, Steve Brody. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Today's episode is being brought to you by Melon. Mellon has designed a hat in collaboration with Navy SEAL Jeff Nichols and the Lone Survivor Foundation. This united hat is designed to bring us together as a nation, as a global community, and as neighbors. It is designed to inspire hope in one another and to work together towards positive outcomes. This united hat stands for getting things back on track and working together to get us there. United we stand. The Lone Survivor Foundation will be donating $10 for every Mellon United hat sold. The Lone Survivor Foundation provides a no-cost post-traumatic program to help U.S. service members, veterans, and their families recover from combat trauma. Visit Mellon or tap the link in today's show notes and rock your United Mellon hat today. United, we stand. Uh, Joining me now, First Class Father, B. Brody. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. What's up, man? How's it going? All right, let's start right here. Uh, how many kids do you have, and how old are they? I've got two kids that are six and uh, nine next week. Wow. Okay. Very cool. You go. You got. What do you got? One and one, or what's the denomination? Yeah, two, there? Yeah, two girls. Um, and which is the reason the whole company exists, really. You know, having two girls. Like I had a daughter the first time around. Um, 
And maybe we should preface this. I don't recall, you know, so, you know, I own a company called Tactical Baby Gear where we like, we make cool diaper bags for dads, right? And, uh, but that's really the whole reason it exists is because I was having a daughter the second time and I knew that meant I had to carry my wife's girly diaper bag again. And I didn't want to do that. <laughs> hey, are you guys, uh, you going for the boy or no? No, I don't think so. It depends on who you ask. <laughs> so, you know, my wife is of, of the uh, opinion that we need to keep trying and have another. And uh, I, not so much. You know, I think, you know, we got a six-year-old, a nine-year-old. We're like out of diapers. We're in school. Like all the things are good. We're past all the, like there's some of the really shitty moments of early, you know, parenting. and um, Literally. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Dawn's is sort of the next phase of things. And it's really hard to think <coughs> that you want to start over, you know. Uh, so yeah, we, we had all, we had, we have four kids, we had our three boys and then we finally got the girl on the fourth try. So, uh, if not, we'd probably have five by now, most likely, but we got her and that's the, that's the name of that tune. Yeah, definitely. My business partner has four kids himself. He's got four boys and he's like, all right, I'm done. We're that's done. it. Huh? All right. Well, yeah. hey, B, if you could, I know you hit on a little bit of it there, but if you could just hit my listeners with a little bit more about your background and what you do. Yeah. So, uh, as I kind of just briefly mentioned, I own a company called Tactical Baby Gear, and we design and manufacture like military-style diaper bags for dads, uh, meaning just like cool, cool diaper bags that dads actually want to carry. Um, and the mission in, uh, of the company is really to get dads more involved with being a parent early on and changing some of that mindset. And it's not for everybody. I mean, there's there's certainly people out there have no problem carrying a girly diaper bag or whatever. But we find that the vast majority, more often than not, uh, given the option, dad's going to gravitate towards our style bag versus the traditional women's diaper bag. So it's uh, it's been very interesting to see how you can get and change the mindset of a guy having a child just by saying, hey, you have an option for a cool bag that might fit your personality better. Uh, so it's it's been very rewarding in that regard of, you know, getting messages from, from women who say, I got this for my husband as a gift. This is so cool. Like he had zero interest in the baby was not into it. You know, we're a military family. He's deployed the whole time. Didn't care at all. I got him this as a gift. And now it's the only thing he he'll talk about is the baby and how excited he is. And he wants to use the bag and blah, blah, blah. And it gets him involved. Like just like very early on in those early stages of being more involved as a, as a parent, early on and then that obviously transitions you know into the the later years of parenting where it really really matters uh when you're talking about teaching them life lessons and things like that but um yeah that's kind of the gist of it yeah and I, I love what you're doing and one of the things i hit on all the time on my show here is i talk about the fatherless crisis that we have going on in the country we have so many kids that are growing up without a father in their home and we're seeing the results of that play out all over our country right now in my opinion it's the biggest disaster that we have the breakdown yeah. of our family units a hundred percent you know and i just had uh craig sawyer on the on our podcast the tactical baby your podcast we were talking about human trafficking and and child sex slavery and all this stuff and how much of that stems from the lack of a father figure in the home um because you end up with kids with low self-esteem who are looking for a little bit of positive something in their life and then you've got this creep that's kind of going through this grooming process and building people up or some girl who's oh you look so pretty and all this stuff and that gives them a little bit of that that confidence that they were looking for and all of a sudden they trust this guy and now they're being trafficked and i mean it's it's become a very very big problem and then like you said some of the other things playing out in the country 
uh, human trafficking being such a big one that people are finally sort of starting to hear about more and more as, you know, the Epstein stuff and Maxwell and all these things start to kind of come to light. Uh, but then you've got all these riots and, you know, there's a there's a, a bunch of people just out there throwing temper tantrums to try to get what they want. And that's worked for them for many years because they didn't have good parenting in the home that said, no, you can't just throw a temper tantrum and get what you want. There's consequences to your actions. There's this, there's that. Uh, yeah, we're seeing it play out. It's society is very broken because of of poor parenting. Yeah, much more than a policing problem. I, I believe it's definitely a, a parenting problem at the core. And I've had the honor of having Craig Sawyer on my podcast twice. And this week I'm having Hugh Jackson on for the second time. And his foundation deals with the victims of human trafficking. So uh, and I, I think it just like he, both of them uh, agreed to it, it just makes it a much more easier target when there's no male role model or no father figure involved in these kids lives. It makes them so much more susceptible to get snatched up by these you know, unbelievable, you know, disgusting human beings that are existing. And it's amazing that the market for this is so huge. It's like, like uh, Craig says, it's the fastest growing criminal enterprise on the planet. And it's amazing that the market for this is, is so big. It's so big and you don't hear about it. And that's what's crazy. You know, $38 billion in the U.S. alone and you don't hear about it like that. How is that even possible? And then you got some of the stuff kind of people are starting to pick up on it and and there's these red flags, right? Like the the Wayfair stuff. There's cabinets on Wayfair for fifteen thousand dollars that have names of kids on them or something. And people are like, wait a minute, what's going on here? So now there's investigations into that right. kind of stuff. And it's like, is this how they're doing their transactions? Kind of like under the radars on platforms like Wayfair. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's mind blowing. Yeah, sc- scary stuff. And I, I I drive Uber on the weekends, as I was telling you earlier, there. And uh, you know, I, I see. You know, on a Friday and Saturday nights, any college town USA where the bars are getting out, you, you just got to get an Uber thing on online and you could pull right up. And these kids are getting right in the car without asking any questions or nothing like they're like, oh, are you this person? And you're like, yeah, OK, sure. And they get right in. So that's kind of scary, although the technology is great that they're not drinking and driving. But I think it opens the door up for so many more of these, uh, you know, pet, uh, you know, uh, predators out there to make it a little easier for them. And, and and this is another reason why I love what you're doing here is one of the reasons why I started my podcast. When you go through the podcasts when I started, there's so many geared towards moms, uh, single moms, all kind of podcasts, hundreds of them uh, in moms and not so much for dads. It wasn't really hardly anything on the market there for dads. And I think we need to give them more of these resources like what you're doing here. Uh, what are you finding here is the best? Um, what has been the response uh, to the tactical baby gear from the dads who have had the product? Uh, they love it. They love it. You know, and again, it kind of goes back to the mindset. I mean, everything around parenting becomes a, a, a mindset change as you become a father, especially for the first time. Uh, but even in the second and the third and fourth, as you know, you have to, you're like continuously like, oh my gosh, now I have to be prepared for these things. But, um, you know, it's really kind of empowered them to, to take on that position. It's like you give a guy the right tool for the job and he's just going to do it right. You give him a hammer. He's going to, he's going to get that done. He's give him a saw for this. So like, you know, it's sort of like that. Like I'm giving, I'm, we're empowering dads by giving them the right tool for the job. And it's, it's changing their mentality of how they're approaching it instead of, I don't want to do that, that, you know, changing diapers is for, for moms and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, you know, you got, parents are like arguing over who gets to carry the diaper bag versus who has to carry the diaper bag. And, and you've got dads that are, you know, carrying babies and baby carriers now more, more than they were before, or maybe they wouldn't have at all, but because we provide a really cool baby carrier for them, they're like, Oh, I want to, I want to carry the baby and take the baby for a walk alone, which is things that 
historically you didn't see a lot happening, you know, so it's it's creating a better, closer bond between the child and the father uh, early on. And then that bond continues on, you know, into those older ages. But we get so many, so many messages and emails and, and DMs about, you know, hey, I just want to thank you guys so much. You know, it's really changed my perspective or the podcast you know, that you guys do is, um, you know, I I can learn through your experiences on hand, how to handle a particular situation. Because back to your point, there's all these kind of resources for moms, but really nothing for dads. So, you know, in our podcast, you know, we talk about a lot of the trials and tribulations of parenting and like, you know, my daughter going through something ridiculous that I'm like, holy shit, how do I handle this? I don't know what to do. And you're trying to fumble your way through it as a parent, because as you know, and most of your listeners probably know, like there's no, there's no instruction manual to this process. Like it's a figure it out along the way. And, uh, we're hoping to provide some resources to dad that, that might be a little bit more guidance than they might've had before. Or a little bit of that instruction manual of, Hey, you know, I remember Beeve went through this and this is how he dealt with it, had a great outcome. Now I kind of know how to navigate that situation. Um, and hopefully, you know, with, with how we treat the podcast and all that stuff, like all those things are searchable on Google that you could ideally Google search. How do I deal with this situation and be a resource uh, for parents on that? Not just dads. Like we're focused on dads because that's kind of the DNA. Of the company is like cool stuff for dads because there's everything in the world for moms, but it's, it's parenting in general. Like we, we want to encourage better parenting in the world in general. Yeah. And to the point with dads, it's one of the things I get all the time when I say I have four kids. Most people look at me like I got four heads, you know, and they're always <laughs> like they, they seem to think that's an impossible thing to do. And something that most of these young men that I talk to, especially driving uh, Uber on the weekends, like they have this warped vision of what being a dad and having a family is all about. Another thing they always ask me is, oh, with the same woman, all your kids, you know, so it's like that concept of having, you know, the, you know, married life and having a family and having all these children like to them seems so foreign. And it's like, I think a lot of it is because the way we see these dads portrayed, it's gotten better. But the way we see the dads portrayed is always kind of like this guy that's got his head down. He's never getting laid. He's never having any fun. And we see the single guy traveling the world, uh, banging multiple women. And it seems like that's the lifestyle that they idolize and they shoot for. And they're like, if I'm going to do this family thing, it's going to be much later in life after I've done everything else that I want to do. And they don't embrace it the way I would hope they do. So it's great to see, you know, things that are geared more towards as a society. I think we've adapted our way that we see moms and women in the workforce, but not so much as we see dads in home taking care of the children anymore. A hundred percent. And there's a big stigma around that. And that was one of the things we had Gary V on our podcast. And one of the things that he went on a huge rant, every, I imagine you're familiar with who Gary V is. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Yeah. He went on this huge rant, you know, and talking about how, you know, everything in the world, it, you know, has a stigma and all this stuff. But he was saying, you know, he believes that, that, Stay-at-home dads, the ratio of stay-at-home moms versus stay-at-home dads is like 95% versus 5% stay-at-home dads. And he's like, I think it should be more of a 50-50. I think that there's dads out there in the world who might be a better, more nurturing parent than the mother might be. But there's a stigma on it that he needs to be out working and, and making the money and she needs to be staying at home and being a parent and doing the homeschooling and whatever else is going on in the world right now. But uh, in, in, in all reality, she like she might be way better, you know, at working and making the money and be able to make more money. And he would be a better nurturing father at home. But everyone's kind of afraid to have that conversation or be judged for it or whatever. So uh, I think you're right. Like, you know, there's 
there's there's just a lot of stigmas around that kind of stuff and and having dad play that role. Yeah, and I think like you said, it doesn't matter who plays which role as long as you have the conversation, you agree on it. My wife stayed home with Art. She just recently uh, this past year went uh, you know back to work. So for 13, 14 years, she stayed at home to raise the kids. But that's something that we decided to do. And I think it's just important to have one of the parents uh, being home and raising the kids. I think we see a lot of times most of the families are having both parents working full time jobs, different hours. They're never home together and they, they never have that dinner table conversations with their kids. And I think that's where everything starts. I think the strength of our society starts at the dinner table and starts with the strengthening of our family units. So. Um, uh, now getting back to what you do here, being an entrepreneur and starting a business like this, I, I know that uh, the, the difficulty that's involved in that. What have been some of the challenges for you being a dad and being an entrepreneur? All right, dads, the barbershops are finally open, but I can tell you right now, there's hair in one place they're never going to cut, and that's right around the area that made you a father in the first place. And when it comes to such a delicate area, you need the right tool for the job. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that is waterproof with skin-safe technology designed to reduce nicks or tugs in those valuables in your short pants. Also, Manscaped just released their Shears 2.0 luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools and includes tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file so you can pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. And right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners are going to save 20% off your order, plus get free shipping with my special promo code FATHER. Visit Manscaped.com and use the promo code FATHER and save 20% off your order, plus get free shipping. Manscaped.com, promo code FATHER, and you can shave that unwanted hair in your underwear today. Being an entrepreneur and starting a business like this, I, I know that uh, the, the difficulty that's involved in that. What have been some of the challenges for you being a dad and being an entrepreneur? My work-life balance is all screwed up, and it always has been. Like, I'm just kind of a purebred workaholic, you know, like a working dog. Like, I just need to be doing something. Um, and uh, so my wife does a good job of keeping me in check with that, but that's probably one of my biggest uh, challenges is is – kind of putting myself in check and like making sure that I spend enough time at home or I get home at a reasonable hour so that I'm not missing dinner. Like you say, uh, in some, in, er, in the early days I had to work, I had to do that. I was, you know, I had another business before this where I was like running that business full time. And then at, at home I was, you know, working on tactical baby gear when it was a side hustle in the early days and, you know, 2013, 2014. And, um, I had to, but the kids were still so young. I mean, they're talking, you know, a six month old and a one year old and stuff like that. So it was, it was coming home from, from my other business and putting them to bed and then working on the stuff. But as they've gotten older, you know, it's more important to spend those, those nights and evenings and weekends with them and, uh, doing stuff, you know, when they're, you know, three, four, five, six, nine years old. Um, so that's probably one of my biggest challenges has just been like not working too much, although, I, I, and this is how I justify it to myself, right? Not to say that it's right, but it's like, you know, I'm going to work hard now so we can all play hard later type of that sort of mentality, that cliche thing. But, um, I truly believe it, you know, I've put a lot of effort into this over the last number of years and it's finally paid off to where we can, we can take a week vacation and, and I'll spend it together. And, you know, I've hired enough help around the office that I can get home at five 30 in the evening and I'm not working till, you know, 2 AM anymore and stuff. So, um, I'm, I'm working my way there, but that's definitely been one of the biggest struggles. 
Yeah, it's awesome to see your persistence and, and the success that's come from it. And I hope it just continues to grow for you. And I'm obviously going to drop a link in the description of this podcast, the Tactical Baby Gear, so my listeners can get over there, check it out. Um, getting back to use the dad here then. So what are, what would you say are the top values that you're hoping to instill in your girls growing up? It's a great question. Um, you know, kindness, kindness goes a long way. Uh, I think it is a big, a big one, uh, you know, in trying to instill what I, what, what we believe is the right thing to do, uh, and taking responsibility for your actions is another big one. Um, and knowing when to say you are wrong and like, Hey, I was wrong. I, that's not, you know, I, I need, I'll fix that and, you know, kind of owning up to it um, and being honest, you know, kind of goes to that same realm of just honesty and kindness is, is such a big deal and it can go so much further um, and, you know, not to get an ego about certain things um, are big ones for sure. I don't know. I never really thought how to articulate some of those things, to be completely honest. So this is this is good. It's making me think. I like it. What, what? What about beef as far as a disciplinarian? What type of dis- now? I, it's definitely different for me. I have three boys, like I said, and one girl. You got two girls. What type of disciplinarian are you as a, as a dad? And is it different than the discipline style you grew up with? No, it's pretty similar to what I had. So I came from a family of of three boys. So I had an older brother and a younger brother. I'm a middle child, and uh, my mom definitely struggled with that. You know, it was three three asshole boys that were just always up <laughs> no good, and it was like you know, spanking kids with spoons, you know, wooden spoons and, you know, that kind of stuff. So you get to the point where all she had to do was kind of look at you or say, do I need to get the spoon? And you're like, all right, I'm cool. I'm good. You know, (laughs) and uh, I've sort of taken a similar approach with the girls, even though, you know, you think they're girls and you're going to treat them differently. But I feel that if you don't, you know, they're not as maybe not as rough as boys might be, you would think, but they're pretty, they're pretty bad at times or you know it can be rough for sure but you know i've i've had to spank my kids plenty of times and i don't shy away from that i think it's i think it's needed otherwise you start seeing things in society happening that's playing out now where these are the kids that didn't get told no or got away with it and or didn't get spanked and didn't have some of those repercussions for the way they acted uh so i'm determined to not let my kids turn into that type of a a problem in society where no means no and if you do it anyways, you, there's repercussions for it. Um, and hopefully that they're kind of uh, afraid of what might happen. You know, I was like terrified of my dad just because, you know, it's like you get a couple of good spankings as a kid and then like dad voice comes out and all of a sudden you're cool. And you're like, he had the, you know, they put the fear of God into you where you're like, I better not screw up or, you know, get, get, get in trouble smoking weed as a kid or, or drinking or just doing things you're not supposed to do. Cause like, I mean, he's going to kill me. You know, like, I can't do that. I'll die. You know, it's like some of that sort of like fear of God, not that they like abused us or anything, but it was a, a, a healthy fear of not doing the right thing. And, and, uh, so that's kind of the approach we take of, you know, you get kind of, you get a couple of warnings and then he gets banked. And, yeah, and the- I, I, I couldn't help but think too, like I, I well, that, that fear of like, just wait till your father comes home used to be enough to kind of set us straight. And I yeah. hope they instill that, like, I hope my kids get that impression from me as well. And there's always a fine line between fear and love and making sure that that balance I- I- is set straight. Like, I want my kids to know what I love and what I hate. Like, I want to say, hey, I love you, but I hate these choices that you're making, like, in a sense. So they, they got to know both sides of it. And I, I can't help but think like if I saw one of my kids on these social media things, throwing a brick through a window, they would have to pray that the police got them instead of me because right. it would be disastrous for them. And I would hope that the parenting that we've done, 
uh, would prevent them from ever making these kind of decisions. But I think you're right. I think the, the discipline is another reason why we're seeing this stuff play out all across the country here. Huge. You know what's really interesting about what you just said? And I don't know how this how this plays out right now because, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of conversations with other mothers. I'm curious to kind of hear your point of view on this. You know, what you just said was wait till your father gets home because a lot of moms still in my my understanding, which I'm curious to see what you say, you know, a lot of moms aren't spanking and they leave it up to dad to do that, which is a very interesting dynamic. And even my wife went through that where her mom didn't spank, spank them or, or, or yell at them or get mad at them. It was always up to their dad. So uh, they knew that they could get away with a lot of stuff with their mom. So they had a different relationship with her and they treated mom a little bit differently because they could do things that dad wouldn't let slide. But then as soon as dad was home, you know, it was like they're on their best behavior and all stuff. And it's like it creates an interesting dynamic at home where how come the kids are so good for you? But as soon as you leave, they're, you know, they're crazy and they're wild and they're just having to tell them no. And they're just doing whatever they want to do. It's like, well, try spanking them once or twice. They'll give you they'll get a, you'll they'll gain some new respect from them. And all of a sudden your words will mean something because they're not going to get away with it anymore. Uh, and that's kind of translated later to life where my wife has a completely different relationship with her father uh, and just like a lot more respect for him. Um, and she believes that that's wise because if she did the wrong thing, she was getting spanked. So it just kind of like gained respect. Yeah. I, well, I think for one, if, if there's none of that threat from either parent, I think that's where the trouble comes in when, when, it, when there isn't a, you know, a lot, a lot of the guys that I interview on the show, the majority of them will say, when I ask them the discipline question, they'll say that, oh, yeah, I was spanked as a kid. And, uh, you know, we were punished, you know, pretty severely, some with the belt, some with the spoon, some with the switch. And they all talk about that. Now, these guys that I'm interviewing, the majority of them are highly successful in what they do. And mm -hmm. they've turned out phenomenal. But they all say that well, most majority of them will say, I don't spank my kids or we don't go that route. And it seems like society has moved away from that punishment in a sense. And I think it's been a, a, a detriment to, to what we're seeing. But for, for me personally, I've always been the one to do that with our sons. Uh, I, I've been the one, not that my wife hasn't been uh, spanked them, but uh, majority of it has been me. When it's come to my daughter, it's always been kind of my wife that does that, where I'll say, you know, I, I kind of turn it over to her. Whether that's right or wrong, it seems to work for us. She gets that kind of like uh, harsh punishment from uh, her mother, and it seems to work. I mean, you know, just for us. But I think if you don't have it from either parent, I think it's a, it, 100%. It's a problem. And, and you, like you said, it works for you guys. Great. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and what's really interesting is, you know, a lot of people say they're not, they're not spanking their kids and things of that nature. And part of me in the back of my mind wonders if they just won't outwardly say publicly say it because everyone's so afraid of getting in trouble for something like like they're beating and abusing their kids. And that's not what's happening, which is a big difference. There's a huge difference between spanking your kid because they keep doing something. You've told them nine times not to do it. Now you're spanking them. And they're going to cry for two minutes and then then they learn. It's like spanking your dog for doing it. It's like it's the same thing, right? You have to you have to uh, draw that line in the sand where you just don't get away with it anymore. Like this is the consequences for your action. This is what no means. Uh, yeah, it's not it's not you're not beating and abusing. And, and I do have it where like especially with my three boys, like each one of them, I got to approach them differently with discipline because there's one I could spank him all day long. It's not going to matter. He doesn't care. The other one I could just threaten to spank him and it's enough to do it. So it's like each one you got to just kind of find that sweet spot, you know, uh, to how to do it. There's one of these things that my wife and I did as a as a couple. We did this. Um, 
uh, love language. I forget the name of the author of the book, but it's like finding your love language. And it's another good thing to do with your kids, too, to find out how they receive and, and, and give love. So you can kind of get a better insight to their psyche and see how they're, you know, how they're taking in information, how they're taking in love and how they give it out. Right. Yeah, it's a really interesting point. I hadn't really thought about it because um, maybe the people listening are familiar with that. Maybe they're not. But there's like touch. Um, what, Gifts. What uh, uh, um, uh, personal, yeah, personal contact. Uh, uh, I forget some of them. Uh, okay. There's five of them all together, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, kind of goes with the different senses. You know, there's like, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I never. Acts of service is one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it's it's an interesting thing. I think that a lot of married couples should do, but it's also a good thing to do with the kids as well, uh, the older ones anyway. That that that, that can uh, um, you know go along with it. It's a, it's a good way to get inside their head and see how they're. They're perceiving it. Um, well, you know what? You've had so much success here uh, with the company so far. What are your goals and plans for the future of it? You know, we um, we really just want to help encourage getting dads involved um, and promoting that. You know what I mean? As we see that there's such a problem in society uh, with the lack of fathers in the world, like trying to just like keep pushing that message that like, Dads need to be active in kids' lives uh, is is the biggest thing um, for us as a company and as a mission, you know, and, and a goal uh, is that one day what we're doing will help change society because we got that many more people involved uh, in loving their kids and showing them the right way and the wrong way and, and, and honesty and trust and respect and that kind of stuff. So that's kind of a, a big goal and a mission statement for us for sure. Yeah, also, I, I love the mission. It's right in line with what I'm trying to do here on my show. So, um, you know, I, I can only wish nothing but the best for further success for the company there. And the last thing I'm going to hit you with here, Beeb, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Mm. Yeah, it's funny. We ask a lot, same question a lot of times. I think uh, the biggest thing is being comfortable Get comfortable being uncomfortable, I think, is the biggest thing, right? That there's just a lot of things that are going to come your way that you have no idea to, how to deal with, and it's going to make you uncomfortable, and you just have to kind of work your way through it. And uh, there's going to be a lot of decisions you have to make, and you just have to go with your gut and trust that you made the right one and not worry about what the other outcome may have been and just kind of go with the flow and uh, get comfortable with it. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. It's been an honor for me. I got to say, Pete Brody, you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Beef Brody for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Go check out the website, tacticalbabygear.com. The link is in the show notes today. If you, Especially if you got a dad out there or an about-to-be father, you got a baby shower coming up, I highly recommend checking out all of their items on their website. they got some really cool stuff uh, that dads would love to rock while they're out there walking around with their kids. Uh, so check it out. And that's all I got for you guys here. I'll be back in September. Uh, feel free to go through all of the archives of the show here. Check out some of the episodes you may have missed. Lock it into my Instagram account at Alec underscore Lace for all of the upcoming guests and future announcements. All right. Please enjoy the rest of your summer. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Fathers.